Hello. I am excited. As always, I am really excited. It's literally my strap line. I'm not budging from this excitement now. Now, I'm really excited, as always, because I have an incredible individual who has joined today. And I'm telling you, she knows everything. She does. She knows absolutely everything. And in fact, her name is Nazma Knows. Asma Knows. Asma Knows. She knows everything. So without further ado, I'm going to get her to introduce herself in one second. But before I do... I want to remind you, I'm Samantha Libantu and you are on the Super Women Can podcast. And the Super Women Can podcast has been created for women of colour to accelerate and analyse to the highest possible heights that they can ever imagine. We have been told this terrible narrative that we can't. But guess what? We can because super women can. And we are indeed those individuals. Now, I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited because Nazma, who knows everything, is on and she's going to share with me all her all her juiciness and everything that she has been so successful in everything she's done and how you can do the same. So Nazma, without further ado, please introduce yourself. Hello. So my name is Nazma. Uh, Nazma Noor, not exactly Nazma Knows, but I'll get onto that in a little while. I'm a digital strategist which means I'm a digital marketing person and I work in the art sector. So that's the super short version. And I rebranded myself online as Nazma Knows. As a marketing person, your online brand is your whole thing. And I had an old username and I wanted to make a new one and I didn't want to put my full name. So I was like, okay, Nazma Noor, Nazma Knows. I am a bit of a know-it-all by heart. I am the person that wants to have the answer. My, my online brand is Nazma Knows and I take great satisfaction when I'm with someone and we're chatting and I give them the answer and they say, oh, yeah, Nazma Knows. <laughs> <laughs> and she does indeed. Yeah. Manifested that I know things. Nazma Knows. Nazma Noor, Nazma Knows. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to find out more about your backstory. Tell us everything. Okay, so well, I've always been a bit of an online digital geek. When I was 15 on a dial-up connection, instead of going out and hanging out with my friends and my siblings, I was sat at my computer learning how to build websites. Um, my first ever website was a, like a personal blog, and it was me documenting my whole life at university. Um, I met a boy, I fell in love. And you know what? People didn't used to stalk each other back then. Google wasn't as widely used. So I put people's real names on this thing. <laughs> Honestly, it was like an on a journal that I was just sharing all my stuff. But whilst I was doing that, I was learning about data and the website statistics and just slowly building up my skills. And then following on from doing a psychology degree, which I didn't love, to be completely honest, falling out of love with psychology, doing it for three years at university, I managed to get myself a job, on a grad, a grad scheme job at a media agency. So that was my little foot into the, I always knew marketing data stats was an interest to me, but I didn't always have the careers advice to know what to do study-wise. But because I had a blog, because they'd seen that I, I knew how to, how the web and the internet worked, I got myself onto the grad scheme and since then, I've just moved jobs in-house agency and just pick, picked up skills and become a, a digital marketing whiz. <laughs> you are definitely a whiz. And I don't know if anyone noticed that. She just skimmed over. She went to university, fell in love, 
and a whole blog about it to me sorry what you're doing is amazing but I I just want to capture that little bit there because I'm excited (laughs) you wrote a whole blog about this what what became of this love you know what I married him (laughs) (laughs) we're not married anymore but it's really interesting it was it was like a teenage diary and actually the blog got really boring once I'd snagged him. It was, no one wants to read about you being happy doing your wedding shopping. <laughs> There's nothing interesting to say. The good stuff was the drama when he was not taking my calls because we were stupid teenagers. Yeah, that, like I said, I, I think I've always, journaling as a thing, I still do it, not on the internet. <laughs> but it is a good way to just, I guess, get your feelings out and just decompress and just, okay, well, I've written all these things down, put it to one side. It just happened to be at that point, I was putting it on the internet and getting feedback from strangers who became friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little bit deeper because you said journaling and I love journaling. And one mm-hmm. of the things, if you've ever been on any of my days or events or anything, I talk about journaling a lot. So tell me, because you said you were journaling a lot, but you said that you, you keep skimming over and I'm like, wait, no, that's <laughs> the reverse. You said you fell in love. You were at uni, you fell in love. You were journaling, you were putting all this blog. And then you've met your sweetheart. But then you did say, and I'm not going to ignore it, that you're not with him anymore. Now, (laughs) this is about, there'll be be listeners coming in right now who are are just the same, or they may be on the brink of, I'm guessing you've gone and and divorced at this point. Yeah. You've divorced. You fell in love. You've made a decision that wasn't the right person for you. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper to to share as much as you like, but this is resilience. This is some, the mm-hmm. listeners right now listening to this who are going to make, maybe they made the plunge or they were just coming out of the other side. You are excellent. You are happy. You are amazing. And you are Nazma knows. I'm guessing you knew what to do. So please, this is an opportunity. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about as much as you like to share with us to help somebody who's actually going through this because you still carried on your career and you still accelerated. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to navigate that when you were going through such a turbulent time yourself in your life? Yeah. Actually, the so I met my partner when we were, like I was in my university. So we got together in my early twenties. And then by the age of like, I was 29, that was when the relationship broke down. So we were together for roughly about 10 years. Yeah, I guess the reason the the super short one sentence reason is but the person that you are when you're 23 and the things that you want in life are very different to who you are when you're 29 30 though we had grown as people together I think in terms of what we both wanted out of life this wasn't quite the same so I found myself at the age of 29 getting divorced and I just I think I wasn't as heartbroken by it as maybe I was expecting to be. And I was not, there wasn't, you don't have an expectation of how you'll feel when a relationship ends. But I found that, so I had a very strong family network around me and they were just really supportive. No one out of my side of the family, no one said, oh, you must get back together. You must make it work. They were just, you were both grown adults here. If this is what's best for you both. And there was a little point where we were about to, there was an option for us to possibly reconcile. And I had already gone mentally on this journey of what my single life would look like. And the one thing that there was one major thing that was really pulling me back towards him. And that was financial stability. Wow. And that was the really hard thing. And I was looking at my, my, in my mental list of 
it wasn't it was a written list i had a written list of pros and cons of like, <laughs> together should, should we reconcile and should we not and i had this single life that i had planned and it was scary honestly it was really scary just thinking where will i live how will i afford to live he earned more than i did and we had that shared income together and i'd never been on my own in that kind of respect so i was looking at it and i was like i can't be with someone for the sake of that financial stability that that can't be the only reason and there'll be other things that'll come down if i choose that path I'll, i don't think i'll be happy as a person so i made the very kind of scary decision to to be okay I'm going to go it alone, sole finances, managing my own household. And yeah, and like I said, my family were hugely supportive. And I think that made a difference. And not just, it was the emotional support more than anything else. Like that we believe in you, you can do this, you're doing great. And it's one of the big things was, so I didn't, I couldn't, I had a driving license, but I didn't drive and I didn't have my own car. And the year later, after the breakup, when I bought my first car for my 30th birthday, the level of like pride, my family members who've been trying to get me to drive for years, they were like, we're so proud of you. <laughs> you've got yourself behind the wheel and you bought your first car at the age of 30 and you're doing it and you're living your life. It was hard and there were sacrifices that I had to make, but actually being that single person and thinking, you know what, I want to find a lovely place to live. That's what made me step up a bit more in my career because I was like okay on paper I want to get a nice flat in a nice area I need to earn an x amount I either need to get another 20,000 pounds in deposit money which is not going to come to me easily or I need to get a higher salary job so that I can borrow some more money from the bank and with that motivation behind me I really did push myself professionally and that was the starting point <laughs> I love that and what I really liked about what you went through, one, because you talked about your eyes lit up, your family supporting you. <laughs> and the fact that you, you lit up, I, I think I even smiled then because <laughs> your eyes just light up. Family support is vital, isn't it? We mm -hmm. do need to have that around us. And I'm so glad that you did, because especially culturally, usually it's the opposite, especially yeah. in you know color we have uh, we have to be seen in a particular way to the outside world and even in the inside world of our, our families so that's amazing that you could show up for your family and your family were just there for you so that's beautiful and then you mentioned that I always say you either grow together or you grow apart that's mm -hmm. it's as simple as that you were so yeah. young I got married I remember meeting my husband at 19 years old and we have gone through so much growth together we've grown apart we've made a decision to stay together so I understand that we've been at the we've been at the edge where we're like is it time for us to just part ways lucky for us it wasn't financial because <laughs> I was like <laughs> you made no you looked at you, you did the journaling you made a decision you're like yeah. is it going to be is it going to be financial? Staying with someone for the financial reasons would never be a good reason. I also hear staying for children, all yeah. these reasons. And I just feel like the reason has to be for each other. Like you want to be with that person mm -hmm. because finances will fizzle. Like you said, you could your career could boom and then you're like, I'm still with you. <laughs> all the kids, if you had kids, would grow up and then, then you're still stuck with the same individual that you knew weren't that you mm -hmm. were to be together with so I'm so glad that you made the right decision I'm going to say it throughout now Nasmin knows <laughs> best 
for herself <laughs> <laughs> and she made that really brave decision yeah. it was a really brave decision mm-hmm. and I know that there'll be individuals listening in that are going through the same thing have gone through the same thing and can really understand maybe they haven't had the family support so I'd love to for you to give us some insight into how did you get the, the support of your family if, or it would just the way your family are be really interested to know yeah so they knew my personality and my ex's personality and they'd seen us socially and I think the way that it came about is that we both decided to take a bit of a break from each other and it happened to be around about Christmas sorry excuse me I've got a bit of a sore throat here Christmas he didn't come to the family Christmas dinner like he usually did and they were just really sensitive to that They, they weren't like why is he not here they were not nitpicking they just okay just have a bit of time to think about this. I think I am really fortunate because my parents are, my parents and my siblings were just very open to the fact that the way that we both were. I think also, it, this I don't want to say this helped because it, it was an unfortunate situation, but I had some other family members who were going through divorce at the same time. And their situations were a lot more complicated. They were children involved. There was other, a lot more variables. And this kind of seemed like a much more, simpler and clean break kind of situation so obviously there was a point where I looked at should we go to counseling is this rescuable for various reasons because it's Christmas and no one's open at Christmas time that kind of didn't happen but yeah I think it is just having that those people that you can talk to but also knowing which family members not to open up to not everyone (laughs) has the same advice and the same care for you as everyone else but you mentioned me making that decision and it was a process. It wasn't a, a new, st- I woke up that morning and I knew it, it was a process and it was lots of introspection. It was writing things down. It was having a thing. It was really practical things looking at the rental market. And I think there is, you definitely look at the practical things because how can you imagine your life if you can't see specifically, oh, this is how much it costs to buy a property in this area. This is how much a car is going to cost. Just having that little, I've got a mental list of, okay, so if I need to get to here, I need to have saved up this amount to, to do that. I love the I love the practicalities of mm-hmm. it. I love that you had your for and against or pros and cons <laughs> like written down and really assessed it really and said this, mm-hmm. even though it was scary, you mentioned yeah. it was very scary <laughs> You went for the scary decision. And some people don't do that. People see fear and they run in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. What's safe, what's comfortable and, and go with that. And you had to make the decision that was right for you. Well done. Now, <laughs> you said you. That, it, it, to me, I see it inspire you to do great things. One, you went and did pass your driving test and <laughs> then you decided that you're going to actually, I need more money. So let me go and get mm-hmm. a, a higher paying job. Tell me then your career trajectory then. What, what's taking place? What are you doing now? So this is another interesting one because it ran concurrently. And I think my where I was professionally at that point of the divorce really affected my mental health and my feelings around the relationship. So I was in a job that well, wasn't really treated very well. I was overlooked. And I think in the relationship, have I've had a few little rocky starts professionally and My partner hadn't always been as supportive as he could have been. So there was a point where I decided to just leave the job that I was in and I didn't have a job to go to. And I was being financially responsible about it. Like I had a a pot of money aside to, to say, okay, this is, I've got two months worth of bills 
it's covered I can't just jump into another job because I was obviously looking but I didn't have a I was unemployed for a short time and I just remember feeling when I'd made that decision a bit of relief that my ex-partner wasn't going to say to me oh you've you're leaving another job (laughs) so yeah it was now this is turning into a bitching about him thing but it's not because we had a very loving caring relationship and I've got lots of happy memories from it but it was that kind of and then I found myself in another job and I was really have this honeymoon period with jobs where you go in and it's great and it's happy and then slowly things start to stale and I always seem to just be finding myself as a spare part. They've changed the job description and I don't quite fit into what they need or I'm not hitting the targets. Um, And then meanwhile, I started volunteering in 2017 with Manchester International Festival. And that was just a, I was like, I need something to occupy my social time. So I was like, I volunteered for this festival in 2017. And then you could just sign up for shifts as you, as the festival was going on. And I was working full time and then I was just doing all these volunteer shifts. I was meeting amazing people. I was feeling really energized and invigorated. And I was just, I really loved it. And from that point onwards, I just started slowly getting more involved in the arts on a voluntary basis. And I was, honestly, I was loving it. At the same time of working full time, I was doing my day job and then I was going to do these things. And slowly it started to take over my life. And I, so the arts sector does not pay as well as the the sector I was working in. I was doing digital marketing for like lots of different clients and in-house. And I had this big career crisis point where I was in, I started a couple of jobs and I didn't last more than a month in each. And I was in those places and I couldn't be myself. It was just a really, I had this, yeah, a real point of, some of it was really awkward. I had some really difficult times where I wasn't, spoken to very well and I just was like who am I great at interview I've got this job and I've come into this workplace and I can't be myself I can't be my true self and I'm hiding and my skills are not coming through and I had this moment and I my friend a friend of mine was working with a career coach so I rang her up and I was like Mariam what's the name of your career coach please can you give me a number and um, her name was Amanda Brown, which is a, a mutual connection that we have. That's how we know each other. She gave me this little exercise to do. She said, write down 12 things that were important to you in your job. And then you do a like, like a, would you rather A or B? Would you rather B or C? And every time that you pick one, you give it a point. And then at the very end, the th- three things with the top points are your, that's what you need to be going for. And I did this little exercise I was going through. And the thing that came out number one was working for a company that's in line with my moral and ethical values. And that was such a light bulb moment for me. I was like, wow, I could see historically in my career, the places that I'd worked, they were just not in line with who I am and the things that I cared about. And that's why it didn't work for me. That's why I wasn't motivated. So I was like, okay, but the thing, so if I'm willing to give up my free time to the arts, to volunteer and to go and do these things, it's probably where I should be working. It makes sense, but it, it wasn't an easy journey to get into the arts sector. I had to jump through a lot of hoops, considering I had lots of experience from outside of the arts in vast, amazing digital marketing things. And it made me jump through a lot of hoops to get my foot in the door. But once I was in, then I was in and I was soaking everything up. It was also a financial sacrifice as well, because this sector does not pay near as much as I was getting before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I was happy. I was happy and I was fulfilled. And then I started thinking, oh, the spaces I was in, I was quite often the only diverse person in that room, the only diverse person on the Zoom call, the only diverse person in the meeting. And I just was like, I want to be at the exec level. I I want to be in that room having the conversation and putting the point of view forward that the other marginalized people don't get to have a say in. So then I was like, okay, what can I do? I put myself forward for lots of things. One of the biggest things I think was becoming a trustee for a young person's theater in a local area in Manchester. Because at board level, um, most arts organizations are charities and they have boards and the CEOs tend to be not very diverse. So I joined a board and I was on the board for about a year and a half. And very recently, just this year, I became co-chair of that board. Wow, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) That's absolutely brilliant. I have really enjoyed just hearing your career journey (laughs) that you've been on. But and you in your what I really loved about it is finding your values. Mm-hmm. One of the key things you said is your values and actually aligning it. After all those years, you were like doing what you love, but you just didn't realize I could actually be paid for what <laughs> I love, do what I love, and be paid yes. for it too. So you took the leap of faith and went f- into that career, and you're loving it. And not only that, but now you're obviously operating in on the board which is where we do need to see more diverse individuals and that is absolutely brilliant because you're actually making a stamp and making a change in especially in the communities that you're operating in because you're going into more inner city but I understand you're in inner city now where there is more diversity and there does need to be that representation at board level so I was going to say you talked about Amanda as well Amanda is one of my coaches as well which is amazing and interesting enough she did she does different things for different people she just knows mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of your influence <laughs> Nazma she just knows how to do it and I do remember when she when I was working out well where am I supposed to be she didn't do nothing like what you did I would have probably <laughs> said that she was just like tell me what you think you should be doing I was like yeah maybe this should know and I was like what type of coaching is this <laughs> she's like she goes I've been listening to you all this time and I've worked out what your values are and then she was like if you did that you'd be so bored I think it was just interviewing like interviewing people because I, I love interviewing but she mm-hmm. goes you love it but you would not you couldn't do it for more than every now and again you couldn't do it every single day in day out and then afterwards I was like this is what coaching and then I was like no she's right (laughs) and then it was like what is your kind of career going to be and it was just this massive massive version and I'm guessing that part of Amanda probably set you up was bigger than you thought possible massive so I ended up going on like the horizons course which is a course that she was running at the time and just I think the process one of the things that I found really useful through coaching and through working with Amanda is figuring out what I actually want and sometimes the things that I think I want and the directions that I head in are not what I truly want. <laughs> yes, very true. Yeah, and finding that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you were to give five tips to a, to, to a woman, an ally who is going through similar things or for their career, what would those five tips be? What would you tell them to do to accelerate their own success? Yeah, so I think the first thing is the network of people around you. And for many years in my career, I was relying on my ex-partner. We'd talk about work things and I had his advice, but he was a man. He was working in the corporate world. So his career journey and the way that he was treated professionally 
had no relation to how I was treated as a young woman of a certain age, like a Muslim South Asian woman. So I look back and I think, and he, I was like, he didn't have the gender pay gap to contend with. (laughs) Finding your network of, I say finding, reach out to people, get yourself a mentor, get yourself a coach, have a message someone on LinkedIn and say, can we meet for a coffee? I'll buy you a Starbucks because I want to have a chat about this. And yeah, just reach out to other people that you think are really cool, people that you think are different and doing interesting things, but also like younger people. One of the my happiest things in my network now is the people that I'm in my like late thirties. I've got in my network people that are in their like twenties and they are doing such amazing things and I'm so inspired by them. Mentors can come in all different ages and demographics and you can be massively inspired by a 21 year old who's just finished their final year project and done this cool art installation so <laughs> find find people that energize you and people that can inspire you oh and, I love that yeah I love that different age groups definitely and not always looking like yourself either so yeah. you can be a man if you're <laughs> It could be a white man if you're if, if you're a woman of color. It's all good to keep keep the diversity through the chain as well. You said five, so let me see. You said network. Yeah, so network. That was that was one, wasn't it? it was one. Oh yeah, it's just one. I thought one. I got ten things out of that one, but yes, carry on. <laughs> okay, that, that's two. One is your network. Two, diversifying your your network. Yes, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess three, three is a really boring one, but online resources, and there are so many things that you can learn and pick up, whether like it's a YouTube video on how to upskill yourself to use a particular computer program, for example. I know that's like boring and basic, but if you want to get yourself to a particular place, for example, you see a job advert and it says, oh, you must need to know how to use Ableton. And you're like, never heard of Ableton. Google it, find an Ableton YouTube tutorial you don't need to learn the whole thing but if you can talk about it in an interview you you know what it exists that it what it is yeah Um, there are so many resources out there so you don't need to know absolutely everything but if you can get yourself a head start just by googling and there are so many amazing youtube reviewers out there (laughs) just showing you how to do things I love that I, I Google what YouTube everything for how to put things together I don't read any instructions I literally go I want to see what it looks like putting the pram together I want to see someone putting this pram together I don't want to read the instructions and I just want to be able to see it and yeah it should work if it work if different ways work for different people yes that's number three are we counting people that's free number four um I think particularly if you're not sure what you want to do or which direction to go in either volunteer or message someone and ask if you can job shadow them and do something really different and out of your comfort zone. So one of the things that I've enjoyed most about volunteering was, so the Manchester Day Parade is this parade that happens every year. It's not happening this year, sadly, but it's a big parade in the city centre. It's local community groups. There's big structures. There is like just big floats and really cool things. So I volunteered for it. So I just went into this workshop on a Saturday And I got given a glue gun and some plastic flowers and said, we need to make these headdresses. Here's one that I made earlier. Knock (laughs) yourself out, make as many as you want. And I just, having worked in an office my whole life and been very computer-based and pen and paper-based, to be in that creative environment and to have that little bit of, I get to choose how I want to do it and how I, which bits. And for me, I was like, wow. And this is how artists work. And I got to be with them. And then I have did it for a number of years. And there was one particular artist that I worked with regularly every year. 
And then he'd come to me with creative challenges like, we've got this concave, this semicircle thing, and we want to paint a brain on it. And he gave me a flat picture of the brain and I had to try and transfer the design onto the 3D thing and I was like, <laughs> bring out how to do it. And I was so proud of myself because I was like, I know, I'll draw it on a piece of fabric and then I can drape the fabric on top and trace it. Me and my professional day-to-day life would never have come up with that. And then there was another time when I took a bit of time off work, again, financially prepped for it. And I just rang up my friends. One of my friends is a video producer and I said, are you doing any shoots? Can I come and be your assistant? <laughs> and I went with him to university and he gave me one of his little cameras and I was the, the in-person roving mic. <laughs> so yeah, just look amongst your network. There are people that you have that probably do really interesting jobs that you don't know much about. Just have a go. <laughs> I love it. So that's four. I, I think four. it's four. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's like nuggets within nuggets, isn't it? <laughs> and we're now on number five. Number five. I have to think very spiritually about this one. I guess I think just big yourself up and keep feeding your soul and your positivity and um, celebrate yourself because confidence and happiness and things come through to you. If you're feeling bad about yourself, that shows. And it shows when you talk to people and it shows when you're in an interview, if you're feeling nervous, if you've gone in thinking, oh, this is going to go terribly, that'll show. So affirmations. And I've been doing affirmations myself this is a new one that I've been doing and I've been saying it to myself when I leave my house and I'm getting on the bus to go into town or something. And I'll say, my affirmation is, I attract brilliant people into my life. Brilliant oh. people are attracted to me. And I say it and I say it to myself a few times and then I go about my day and sure enough, I will bump into someone, whether it's someone I already know or someone who is new to me. And I'll just be like, oh my God, I had a really good chat with her. She's really cool. I do attract brilliant people into my life. <laughs> I love that. Have you hit the attraction and manifestation working in your favor? <laughs> I love that. And that actually works. I really believe in it. It works for me in so many different ways. And I would have to add this one that my mum told me, which was affirmation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really an affirmation. It was more of a belief, which just reminds me of what you said. Is yeah. in the middle of my hand, there was a birthmark. And she goes, I had that birthmark until I was 30 years old and then it disappeared. But I want to tell you what that birthmark means. She told me when I was really little. I didn't know think much of it. So that birthmark means that you'll never, you'll always have money, will always come to you. And you'll, your hand will never be empty. Little old me when I was a kid always just believed that. So I just went about my childhood always believing money would come to me. So mm-hmm. in my entire life, that is my story. I have never been broke. I've always had money. Even from down to my last penny, I always go, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'll always just come back. You've got and that last penny. <laughs> yeah, even if it's the last penny. What I was saying, if I was down to my last penny, seriously, I'd just shrug my shoulder and go, it's okay, because it's bound, mm-hmm. it's, it's about to come back. It literally, my hands will always will never be empty. Whatever I've ever needed, it's always been supplied. And that's how I've gone on with my life. And really, it really has helped affirmations and the ability to believe the it's such a powerful force. We all need it and we all should do it and actively practice it. Hence why you, Nasma knows everything, has been have been able to just accelerate in your career and be the successful person that we see in front of us, which is brilliant. And have your support system around you mm-hmm. to get you there. And I think that's one of the things that you that stood out. So where is the future heading, my dear? Oh knows where do you already know this where's your future going so rubber crystals I'm on a mission one of the things I'm working towards I want to be a leader in the art space so by doing that I, I 
I'm in my day job where I work with lots of arts organizations as a digital strategist. I'm doing that I, in my being co-chair of the board at Z Arts. I am living that. There's a few other little spokes to my arts kind of journey. So I've Manchester Museum reopened this year and I was one of the co-curators for the brand new gallery. So I've got co-curator on my the skills that I've learned from that. Amazing. And then also Manchester International Festival and Factory International, which is their new building. I'm still on one of their committees and I'm really close to them and I still volunteer with them. Their festival is happening in about a month and a half's time. And I'm so excited. I'm just like, I'm ready to sign up. In fact, tomorrow I've got my volunteer induction and I'm going to sign up for all the shifts and I'm going to have be 2017 all over again. Me volunteering, all time volunteering and just loving it. I love the passion. I have absolutely adored everything that you've, uh, Nasma knows everything. <laughs> I've absolutely adored everything. I've literally consumed it all. And it's been brilliant to have you on. And how can we follow you? Tell us that we're going to put everything down below. How can we find you? How can we follow you? Obviously, we know that Nasma knows. <laughs> so that'll be the easiest way. But tell us exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, Instagram is the place where I'm probably the most active and usually on stories. So my Instagram is nasma.nos. My Twitter, where um, I tend to share quite arts opportunities and things on Twitter, um, which is because in because Twitter doesn't let you have a dot in your username. I'm Nazma underscore knows (laughs) on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. So professional contacts, you can reach me there. And I also have a blog, nasmanose.co.uk, that I don't update near near often enough. But you can find a few little snippets. If you, if you want to know about halal restaurants in Manchester, that's where the good stuff is on nasmanose.co.uk. Oh, I'm going to go find out if we can get some <laughs> juicy stuff from her blog that she's like hidden behind uh, Google. <laughs> so we're going to have a look at that. But I just want to say a big thank you for joining us today. And those who are listening, go and find her right now. <laughs> Because she is continuing to sky blast her way to success. So look out for her. And I just want to say, again, Superwoman Can podcast has been created for successful women to elevate. And the ones that I bring here are absolutely outstanding in whatever endeavors that they are aiming for or have achieved, as Nasma Noz has. So continue to watch. Next episode is going to be coming out and landing next week see who's on it next week i'm dead excited for you to know okay thank you so much nazma thank you bye bye